Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. I'm so excited to dive into this week's episode with you. This week, we have a special guest on the podcast. Sandra Shannon is here. Sandra and I dive deep into her career journey from college dropout to CEO of a tech company. Let's dive in. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me today. Yes, this is so great. So on the podcast, when we talk to guests, we typically start talking about their career journey. And we've seen a lot of really interesting guests who have leaped out of their career into doing something completely different. And your story is different. And so I'd like to talk, start off a bit with you on that. So you've made it to the CEO position at the company that you started out working for and worked your way up. Can you tell me a bit about your career journey and help our listeners kind of get get some background on you? Yeah. I mean, just to give your listeners some background, what's interesting about my journey is when I started with my company in 2002, I think was the year that I started with Gatemaster. I was the youngest and the only woman in the company. And I remember being very intimidated by that because it was also a tech company and there were not a lot of women for me to look at in terms of mentorship and or even examples of what that looked like in the tech space. And so when I started all those years ago, I definitely never thought that I would be CEO of the company, let alone like, I I didn't know what that looked like for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I actually talk a lot, a lot about goals um, in my work and mentorship, talk a lot about goals, but I, I remember back then, I mean, and I was only 22 at the time. I didn't, I didn't have big goals for myself in the company. I just knew that this was going to be like an important thing for me. And I had to just stick it out, mm-hmm. not giving up. That's like, I don't, I don't want to give a spoiler to your audience right now, but that's like a big part of my journey is just that uh, the grit and yeah. being able to stay first and not give up on myself mm-hmm. and follow the path that was in front of me and, and, and have the intuition to let it guide me a little bit. Yeah. That's, if that's that makes really- sense. Yeah, it, to- it, it totally makes sense. And the grit, we were talking about grit recently on one of the episodes and how important it is. And was there something that kept you moving forward that that you mentioned intuition and just kind of staying the course? Did you know or you you felt that you wanted to stay, there was something there for you at this particular company that you didn't feel like you had to go looking elsewhere? Um, You know, it's interesting because I had a mentor within the company when I, uh, th- that was the owner and founder of the company. And I always felt that his, um, his belief in me early on, his belief in me was really a strong, like lighthouse for me. I could go back to it and be like, this guy believes in me, you know, what am I doing? Not believing in myself. And so I think that that was a big, a big win for me to have a mentor 
mm-hmm. and and a, and a male mentor, yeah. nonetheless, in technology that was, I was fortunate enough, enough to have somebody who not only believed in me, but believed that a woman could do it, do this work. And that um, he saw something in me that maybe I didn't see in the beginning, but eventually that became a part of who I was. And I think that that allowed me to start trusting my intuition. And I think a lot of people who work with me describe me as a very intuitive leader mm-hmm. for better or for worse. Right? <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> I think you got to be able to, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to have a good sense of what's going to work and what's not, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I, when I, um, talk in front of others and t- and teach them kind of my path and some of the things that I've done to get to where I am today. I always have to like give that caveat like you you have to really have a good compass for what is going to work and what's not. That being said, I would say at least 50% of the time my ideas don't work, right? And you have to be okay with that too. And um I think one benefit that I had was that he had created an environment where if I failed, as long as I learned, it was okay. Yeah. And a lot of leaders yeah. don't have other people. Right. Right. Where you don't have that room for failure, it's it's a really bad situation because then people don't even try to be creative or think outside of the box because they're worried that it could, you know, be a mistake. Right. Yeah, they're worried a mistake. I also think that some people don't want to own the mistake, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of value in a person who owns the problem. Mm -hmm. Even if you create it, right? Yeah. Own it. Yeah. A lot of power. Then you can fix it. (laughs) I just hope that it goes away isn't going to work out, right? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, you could fix it. I actually, I was saying with my team all the time, like there's a lot of power in owning the problems. Like who's going to step up for this one, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually, uh, if I could really give a simple explanation for how I ended up where I am, because I I didn't have a pedigree to be an executive, right? A lot of my counterparts, some of the companies, even my competitors' companies, you know, they have a pedigree for the executive work that they do. They were brought up, they came from generations of executives. You know, mm. they had mentors with their families. They had mentors in um, the schools that they went to. They were groomed for these jobs. Whereas for me, um, you know, I didn't come from much. I certainly, I mean, I'm a college dropout, so I can't say that I had the, that help. A lot of what I've learned came from experience and then having good mentors who, saw that I could learn quickly. And, and, and that's actually one of the things that my mentor used to say all the time. He's like, tell her one time she's got it. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it was always perfect, but I at yeah. least understood and could try and strategize around whatever that looked like. Um, but not having that, you know, I think that, that, that created a lot of learning opportunities for me and, you know, really, the position that I have today, I'm in mostly because of experience. Mm. You know, a lot of what we hear, you know, uh, a lot of what we hear at times people talk about is, um, this might, can I say something that might be a little controversial? Sure. I promise I won't say that much, but, <laughs> Go for but it. you know, the thing that I, one of the things that 
um, makes me really sad. I think actually it's probably the best description of, of, of how it makes me feel is when people talk about um, that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I think a lot is just lack of experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have to like, be okay with being new and learning and, 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 and while I understand that that creates a common language that allows people to communicate how they're feeling. And I don't want to take that from anybody ever. Um, I think that there's the way to overcome that is by being okay with the journey of gaining experience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the path that I've been on. That's you actually answered my question because I was thinking what I was thinking I was going to ask you is how did you get past was there that a mindset shift that you had to go through to 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 get into that position and not have the pedigree of your peers at an executive level and I think you answered that already which was about your experience and developing the experience um is there anything else you would add to that or is that did that sum it up well you hear people talk about like their moonshot right mm-hmm you know, that saying like, you've got your moonshot, like this is your one shot. And for me, I think because I had a mentor who believed in me and I didn't have the pedigree and I didn't even have like the family support or the network or anything, you know, I, I didn't come from much. My parents worked really, really hardworking people, but you know, they were both laborers and mm-hmm. um, they didn't have education. They didn't value education. Right. Yeah. So I didn't, I did not have a lot of support around me. And I think I knew that this was my moonshot, right? Like interesting. And I recognized that early on. I did Mm -hmm. recognize that early on, even though I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) That's, that was your intuition. That was your intuition saying, you know what? Yeah. This is going to work out if I stick it out. And that's great. I think I want to shift here a bit because I know you are fresh off of going to speak at the Women Impact Tech Conference in San Francisco, where you gave a presentation and, you know, you were alongside these big tech companies giving these presentations. And after just telling me your story about working your way up, not having the pedigree, how how do you feel coming off of that presentation? And um, we'll get a bit into some of the key takeaways from your your presentation on that. Well, you know, it's interesting because this is the I've been invited to speak at Women Impact Tech. Um, I think this is the third conference that I was invited to this time around. I had my own session, which was, you know, um, really an amazing amazing experience. And, and if I can just digress or move for once, I, I actually injured my back like a week before I was oh, in, no. I was on back Friday, Saturday and Sunday leaving oh, Monday. And, and, and look, my executive assistant, my team, they were like, you don't have to do this. And this is such an amazing organization doing such great work for everyone in technology, but primarily women who are looking to join this industry, and and it's an industry that maybe makes up, maybe is made up of 25% women. And mm-hmm. if that, right. and in executive roles, I think it's somewhere between three and 5%. So it's very, very small percentage of women participating in this industry. And um, what kept me going, and it was this idea, 
And this kind of is part of the presentation that I made too, but it, it, it just cosmic to me that it worked out this way. That I kept thinking, you know what, how many athletes show up injured to the finish line mm-hmm. or to the championship? And that this was my opportunity, you know, this was my opportunity in my industry to talk about what my journey's been like, but also impact women who are on a similar path to, to me, maybe even women who don't have the pedigrees, don't have the support, don't have the network, right? In fact, uh the one of the leaders of Women Impact Tech shared with me this interesting statistic that with all of these tech layoffs, um, women are taking twice as long to get jobs mm-hmm. as their male counterparts. But what it, what the research is showing is, is that it's that we did not have as wide of networks. Mm-hmm. So I just I just want to share that with your audience and you, because I thought that was such an interesting point that they were making. But then also it really drove my decision to be there and show up, even though I wasn't feeling my best. And, you know, I'm still looking at a few weeks of recovery. But that being said, this is a this was the third time that I had spoken in Denver, Boston, and then in San Francisco. In Boston, I was on sta- on an executive panel alongside just huge tech companies. So, you know. Well, I just said, you know, uh, uh, I think that imposter syndrome sometimes is a, it can be a lack of experience. Believe me, I was feeling it that day. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So yeah. San, I, even so in San Francisco. But I think that the, the reason that I keep asking, that I keep being asked to come back and the reason that I feel called to come back is because I think that there are people out there like me who are not going to have, you know, that hand up, they might have to create that for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that was really a lot of what my talk uh, that day was about was finding your own voice and being maybe even your own hand up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really great topic. Um, Do you have some of the key pointers you'd like to share with our audience when thinking about how to develop your own unique voice? Yeah. You know, some of the things that I talked about while I was there was, you know, speaking up. And I think this is is, this this is something that women. Well, first, first and foremost, we talked about my mentor. You've got to find mentorship, right? Mm -hmm. You have to find somebody who has your back. And the thing that I think is most important about mentorship is not what your mentor can do for you, but what you can do for your mentor. You've got to be their success story. And that was also something that I realized early on is the more that I achieved and the better that I did, the more my mentor was willing to take a chance on me, Mm -hmm. right? That I had to be brave. And being brave also meant speaking up. So that that's one of the things that I think a lot of women find very, very difficult to do is speaking up in discussions, especially in boardroom situations or where we might be the minority. And in most cases, we are the minority. But, you know, women make up 50 percent of the users of most products on the planet. Yeah. So we can't have diversity in product development without women. And I think that that's something that we have to remind ourselves of is that and, and companies need to be reminded of. Um, so that was a really, a really big point, but I think you have to use your voice with discernment. And that's kind of what we, we mentioned earlier in our call today was, I mentioned earlier in the call today is just when you, when you, when you, when you are dealing with intuition, you are speaking up, you do have to know 
you you have to have a compass to tell yourself is this a good idea or a bad idea you can't be afraid of it being a bad idea because you know sometimes you got to share 10 bad ideas to get the two good ones right right but you know you can't you you can't um you can't hold on to the bad ones when they're bad right and so using your voice with discernment and making sure that when it is used that it really counts for you and, you know, another really big point that I that I'd love to share today is just that idea of doing what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And this all kind of works together, right? When we talk about mentorship and and speaking up, you know, I had uh, after my presentation, which had standing room only. I couldn't believe it. My, my heart is still so full from this event. And then like women lined up to speak to me for two days. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't believe the questions and such thoughtful questions, but, you know, doing what you say you're going to do. And what was interesting is one, one woman came up to me and she said, you know, what happens if you speak up? And then they're like, how do you make this happen? You're in charge now. Right. Cause that's what could happen. Yeah. yeah, That is definitely a fear when you say something that's like, great idea, go make it happen. (laughs) Right. And so I think doing what you say you're going to do is important, but you know, my, I I understood the challenges she was up against and that is how do I, how do I navigate this now? And I think that, you know, my, my answer to her was, you know, you've got to figure out how to measure the effectiveness or the results of what you were, you were doing. As long as you can show that measurement, right? Figure out, you know, we hear a lot in businesses talk about KPIs and metrics, Mm -hmm. but we have to have our own metrics too, in which to be able to measure the ideas that we have. And sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, and we have to be okay. I have to be more okay with failure, I think, in, Mm -hmm. in our work than what we're allowed to be, I think, openly. Um, I'm always the first to admit that I failed and that's not an easy thing to do, but I think, and this, this was not something that I said on stage, but um, I was recently on another podcast and we were talking a lot about self-love. And I think that, you know, if you are going to be okay with failure, it's important that you find a lot of love in yourself so you can have grace mm. because we have to be able to fail. Yeah. And we have to pick ourselves up, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes doing what you say you're going to do is hard. Yeah, right? that's so important. Just the 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 grace for yourself. I mean, and at yeah. the end of the day, if you're putting yourself out there, you're speaking up, you're bringing forward creative ideas that may or may not work. Give yourself credit for that. If you know, it's like at least you tried. Um, it's so hard because I know a lot of us women have a tendency to beat ourselves up in that kind of a situation. It's like, don't add to the pile, you know? (laughs) Um, So that, that's a beautiful point for sure. Well, and I think that, you know, one other point that I made on the stage that I think is important, especially with regards to self-love is setting up the wins, right? So much of like self-love for me came from doing what I said I was going to do, but then also being really thoughtful about, my intentions. And when I say being thoughtful about my intentions, I mostly mean like, you know, how can I set myself up for as many successes as possible? Because in business, there's some, there is failure, right? We've we've talked a lot about failure, but when we set ourselves up for wins, you know, I think that that allows us to really 
take stock in ourselves and find that love because we can honor and celebrate the accomplishments that we have. I think so many people do not set up wins because they're afraid of failure, but what if you win, right? Yeah. What if you win? What if it turns out better than you thought it was? Right. And what if it doesn't? And Right. But you've got to continually be setting things up. And I think that for me, you know, I try to set up little wins for myself all day because I know I'm going to get something at some point that I don't want to hear or that isn't going to make me feel great. Maybe some rejection because I still do sales to, still to this day in my company. I'm I'm responsible for some of the largest partnerships in the company. And, you know, I having that role also sets me up for a lot of rejection, right? In sales. And the way that I handle rejection for me is being able to have had enough wins during the day. Did I get up on time? Did I, you know, uh, make it to the gym? Did I put my makeup on? Did I get my kids to school on time? Like all these small things that we're doing every day that we don't even stop to think about as a win, but that we can use to build ourselves up so that we can take those hits when we need to, if that makes yeah. sense for your audience. You know, it, it, I don't like to think about it. We, it know. totally makes sense because we we don't give ourselves credit for all that stuff. And it's a lot. Like if you just take the baseline of what, you know, the, the average woman does in a day, especially if she has a family and, and has a career, right? Just like the baseline stuff. And we just don't stop to think about, wow, I did all of this. And that's a lot. And that's a win. Yeah, it is a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we need to honor that more um, in ourselves. And, you know, when you start stacking those wins up like that and you realize that they are wins, I think you can really be proud of yourself. And I don't think it takes a lot to be proud of yourself. It's just whether or not you're acknowledging it and celebrating it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just add to that because this is something I found caught myself doing for a long time is some of us deflect the win. Like if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, Lori or Sandra, great job. And you're like, oh, you know, thank you. But, you know, it was okay. Or my team helped, or I was just this. And you're basically not allowing that celebration of you to come in. You're deflecting it. And so we have to watch ourselves with that too, because um, let yourself feel that. And you know, open up to that feeling of the win, especially when other people are willing to give it to you. Um, it's still something I'm learning, Sandra. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Oh, I'm learning that too, because I actually, I, one of my mentors now, um, amazing, uh, the uh, wife of, of a billionaire, she's a billionaire too. In fact, she says she's richer than he is. Cause she's got her own money and his money, have his money. Right. But Good for her. I, I, yeah, I love, I love her. her name's Elena Cardone. And one of the things that I learned from her is she, she said one time in a mastermind setting that I was in that, you know, you've got to allow it, right. The wins, like you're saying, when somebody gives you a compliment, you don't want to take it from them either. Right. If somebody says, right. Hey, your hair looks nice. To me, you're like, no, it doesn't. It's, yeah. It's snowing outside. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> then you're not from them too. So it's not just you. You have to 
you have to have it for other people. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like she taught me this idea of having this, like even with regards to success and material things, like, can we have that for other people? And when we can have it for other people, then we can allow it in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I really love that because I think that that's so true. You know, we look at other people, we don't celebrate other people's successes as much as we should. Yeah. And I think some of it, sometimes it's because we're just so consumed with our own day-to-day getting by, but there is a lot of instances where just like your example of your mentor reaching out to you, believing in you more than you thought of yourself in that moment, that was so powerful. I've had a similar experience in my career and I think sometimes we don't realize how much we can do for another person by just offering that support and being there for them and lifting them up. And it comes back, just like you said, you were, um, you know, you rose to the occasion and it made your mentor want to keep supporting you and probably made him feel great about what he was doing. So it's, it's this circle that, that we go through and it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, uh, at women impact tech in San Francisco, my mentor was actually able to be there in the audience, which was really special for me. And I'm sure special for him too, you know, cause I don't know if he saw that in me, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw that I, that I would be in a position to be invited and advocate for women and, and, and anyone, like I advocate for anybody. It doesn't just have to be a woman. I have plenty of men on my team, you know, fathers and fatherless and all of the things. And, you know, me, I'm, I feel like even more so I'm just an advocate for a integrated life, right? It's something that I've always wanted personally was to be able to stand strong in the fact that I was a professional and I am a mother and I love being a mother. I love being a wife. I love being, you know, all of the things that I am, you know, but how do we integrate our lives in a way that we get to have all of that? And so it was super interesting to have him in the audience and see this, this other side or this thing that he, you know, he had not, he not participated in, in seeing me speak before. That was a really special time. Um, but you know, at the same time, I've had people say to me, well, you're very lucky that you had a male mentor. That's the negative side, right? You're very lucky that you've had a male mentor. And I'm not sure that that's a compliment because to me, it was not luck at all. You know, prior to being recruited by him, I had, I had done work that somebody recognized would be helpful for him. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, that, that was, and that leads me to one other point, if I can just share with your audience from that conversation that we had at woman impact was, you know, not letting anybody outwork you. We worked really, really hard. And that may, that's probably the most controversial thing that I can say on a stage is don't let anybody outwork you, but it's, it is important that we, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying kill yourself, right? Like you don't need to work so hard. That, that that you don't have quality of life. But for me, it was about the stats, right? You have to have the stats. 
I wouldn't be in this position today if the stats didn't add up. Mm-hmm. And that com- came from hard work. Yeah. It came from hard work. There's no, no way of, of sugarcoating that. It came from hard work. It came from hard times. And, um, you know, you do that alongside being a mother and a wife. And it might be a lot for some people. It might not be the path for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can do it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, I'm glad you brought this up because I think you're right. It, It might be controversial to some people to hear that, but the reality is when we look at some of these positions, especially when you get to the CEO level, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of hours. It's, um, you know, a lot of time spent and it's for some people and it's not for other people. And it, you have to decide what's best for you. And what I found um, with the hard work is that if there's this like sweet spot that if if you really love what you're doing and you have a purpose, that work doesn't feel so hard day to day. I mean, you have moments. It's not like, you know, sunset shines and roses every day, but you will get to where you want to go because you want it so bad. And that's the grit that that I think you were talking about at the beginning. And so I would just recommend for listeners that find that thing you want so bad. And then the the work you have to do to make it happen will will just give you that momentum and energy to to do it. And that's um right. Well, I just want to add to that because I yeah. love that point. Also, like we have to remember there's a lot of things that we don't love to do that have to be done to get us to where we are achieving that goal. And we're on making that mission happen, making that vision that you have and that purpose a reality. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. there's yeah, a lot it's not it's not know. all everything every day you get to do. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I hear you for sure. Um, and I think we're going to start to wrap up here. Is there any closing thoughts that you have you want to share with our audience before we close out? I think the only two things that I want to leave with them too, is that, you know, you still have to really figure out how to show up authentically and not give up. You know, you can't give up like what all of these things that, that we want to do in our lives that allow us to have success and achieve our goals are I think really dependent on us being true to ourselves. And that's where authenticity comes in, but also, you know, have the love and self-perseverance enough to not give up on what we're doing every single day, right? You Mm -hmm. can't give up. You can't, and in my opinion, you can't fail really if you don't give up. Right. To kind of bring that full circle, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you throw in the towel, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Sandra. Um, If you could share with our audience how they might connect with you online or to see your work. Well, I think the best place that I love to connect, I'm like, some people use Facebook and all these other social media channels. My favorite is is LinkedIn. I love the LinkedIn community. I love the work that's being done there and the connections and the network. And I would love to network with anyone in your community. And, and certainly, certainly if anyone needs any clarification on what we talked about today, I'm, I'm happy to, to try and help them with that. 
but um, LinkedIn, I'm just Sandra Shannon on LinkedIn, Gatemaster Technology. If you want to look up my company, yeah. I would love to have you follow up. Yeah, I'll, I'll put Thanks. the links in the show notes so people can click and check it out. And that that would be great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, this was an awesome conversation. I appreciate your time, Sandra. I appreciate your story. It's so great to see you. And I'm sure we'll be uh, talking soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Hope you all have an amazing week. Until next time. Bye.